Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. Thank you. The title for today, though, is Baal Fails the Faith Test. A little longer version is Baal Fails the Faith Test, but our God hears our prayers. Our God hears our prayers. 1 Kings 18, 25 to 29. But first I'm going to start off with a video in just a minute here. Uh, this is from about 10 years ago on the farm, fire video on the farm. I went and did a little editing from the Wilson family videos. Uh, you'll see my dad pushing the pile with the tractor, making it a little bit bigger. Uh, it, this is just starting. What you're seeing is about one-third of the pile on fire. It's just beginning. At what board, we were there for a week. It burned for four days brightly, smoldered for weeks and weeks. Uh, no fire trucks showed up, but they have before. Uh, when we do this, uh, fire trucks sometimes show up. Uh, they know my dad well. And uh, you'll also hear discussion about coyotes. If you listen close, you can hear the coyotes howling. They probably thought we were cooking something. And you'll hear the banter, and then you'll hear an explosion at the end. I'm not going to tell you what it was, but uh, I don't want anybody to do anything at home. But anyway, you'll, you'll see it all here on this video. You'll get a picture of what I've been talking about. So. <laughs>
Did you get in the fire? There you are. Okay. So that's kind of, you notice Kim's nowhere. You don't hear Kim anywhere. <laughs> There's no mom anywhere. You, can, you probably heard that. She knows better than to go down by the fires. So, uh, so that's just a little picture. Like I said, there's about a third of the fire that just getting started. And, and we had massive, massive fire. And we did a lot of those big, big, big fires. Uh, the thing is, it took a, a lot of gasoline to light that fire. All right. This was a a lot of wet wood and a lot of other stuff in there. We had to use a lot, a lot of gasoline because it would never start. It would never burn without a lot, a lot of gasoline uh, to get it going. But we're going to see some people, though, in 1 Kings 18 that couldn't get their fire started. They couldn't get it started. And this, when we see them trying to get it started and how they couldn't get it started, there's a huge spiritual lesson for us and a huge impact on our life when we see what they try to do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the worship today. We thank you now as we go into the word. We just pray for your mercy and grace and for you to help us take steps of faith forward and, and to, to understand what we have in Jesus Christ because of this passage. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so once again, if you want to go on the podcast or the CD, get CDs, you can follow along if you've missed where we've been going because it all builds on each other. But this is the showdown on Mount Carmel. It's Elijah versus 450 prophets of Baal. But it's really not that. It's really God versus Baal. It's really God versus Baal. That's always the battle, right? Let's uh, read this passage. We'll pick it up with verse 25 where it says... Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one of the bulls and prepare it first, since there are many of you. Call on the name of your God, but do not light the fire. So they took the bull given them and prepared it. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. O Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there was no response. No one answered. And they danced around the altar they had made. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said. Surely he is a god. Perhaps he is deep in thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted all the louder and slashed themselves with swords and spears as there was their custom until blood flowed. Midday passed and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. Woo! All right, so verse 25, I'm going to read that again. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one of the bulls and prepare it first, since there are so many of you. Call on the name of your God, but do not light the fire. Elijah, I talked about this last time, Elijah already had picked their specialty, fire. Baal was supposedly the god of fire, but we know he's not. Uh, now he gives them the first try, since there's so many of you. But the key is, the key in this verse is he says, But light no fire. Because the Baal, the Baal priest, the priests of Baal, had this secret trick. They had a secret spark. 
and they would use this on their sacrifice, and everybody thought they could actually create fire, but they had this little trick. I, I know like Bob, if you've ever uh, talked to Bob about how he gets his piles lighted, he uses thermite, all right? Uh, that, that's pretty hot. But uh, the, the, these guys had some secret trick. There's probably not thermite at this time, but they had some way of lighting this fire and getting it going, okay? They had this trick, but, but Elijah's on to them. That's why he makes the point, don't light the fire. I'm watching, guys. I know your tricks, right? So they can't use their trick fire, their secret spark. So then in verse 26, it says, So they took the bull, given them, and prepared it. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Oh, Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there was no response. No one answered, and they danced around the altar they had made. So they danced here from 9 till 12. It's three hours, and still no smoke. No smoke. Verse 27, it gets even crazier now. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout, shout louder, he said. Surely he is a god. Perhaps he is deep in thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. So the, uh, Elijah begins to taunt them. The NASB version says he began to mock them. This is trash talk. If you watched the NCAAs yesterday, there's a lot of trash talk going on, but he's doing all the trash talk. And he says, maybe he's deep in thought or busy. There's a very good chance what he's talking about is maybe, uh, maybe Baal is going to the bathroom. No, really, that's very likely what he's saying here about Baal. He, maybe he's going to the bathroom. Or he's traveling or sleeping. Uh, you have to wake him up. And you see the pagans believed and still believe the pagans believed that god that the gods were like men they equated them to men in fact their gods were once men and they kind of graduated up to a higher level and that's why they're worshiped now once again remember it's all demonic we know that whole thing from last time but they just achieved a higher level of spiritual consciousness. Some of you from the New Age movement, coming out of that movement, know what I'm talking about. If you've watched the old Greek movies, remember Hercules? Hercules was just a, was a guy, and he's stronger and stronger, and finally they, he graduated to becoming a god in the Greek mythology. And that's, that's what people thought and still think, still think. Some of you are from, uh, you know about the Mormons, some of you from Mormon backgrounds even. The, uh, and the Mormons sell themselves as a, just another Christian denomination, you know. And it's such a lie, because it's not. Uh, Mormons believe that Jehovah was just like us one time. But he achieved, he achieved a higher spiritual level, and he was granted his own planet. He was given this planet as his own. And that's why he had to have lots of wives. That's why Mormons uh, historically have had lots of wives. They want to repopulate their planets very quickly so they have, need lots of women. And so that's why they, they do this. And so Jehovah brought all of his, his wives to this planet and they populated this planet. That's where we all came from. And that's how, that's how that we got here. And Jesus and Lucifer were brothers. They were brothers. Yes, they were brothers. They were his children, and they got in a fight over how they were going to redeem fallen mankind, and God picked Jesus' plan instead of Lucifer's plan, and that's how we got the good guy and the bad guy. It's all there. Uh, it, it's, there's nothing close to Christianity. It's a different God. They worship a different God and a different Jesus. It's not the same Jesus. Don't fall for that lie. Don't believe that lie. It's not true. Uh, in fact, and, and on top of that, their whole salvation is based on Works. 
They have to work very, very hard to achieve the different levels of heaven that they have to achieve. But if a, if a Mormon man, sorry ladies, you're left out of this, but if a Mormon man really is a super spiritual, they're all going to get their own planet out there. All those planets out there, they're going to get one of those planets. They get to take their wives along and they get to repopulate that new planet. That's the official teaching. But once again, just like Baal, they equate God to just a, a man who's kind of graduated to a higher level. That's the, the pagan thinking. Now back to Baal, Elijah says he must be sleeping. Must be in his REM sleep, right? Actually, he must be in a coma, you know, not to hear all this yelling. Kind of like I am with kids, you know, babies, you know. You know, it's, it's a gift, but I, the baby could be screaming in the room. I don't even hear him. I just sleep right through it, you know. And Kim wakes up and takes a, you know, it's a gift. But anyway, uh, Baal had that same thing. He doesn't hear his little babies screaming for him here, you know, calling him, right? He's in a coma. And verse 28 is really funny. Uh, for us, not for the priests of Baal. Verse 28, So they shouted louder and slashed themselves with swords and spears, as was their custom, until their blood flowed. They were so blind. They were so delusional. They took Elisha's taunts as advice. He says, scream louder, he can't hear you. They took that as advice. And, and they acted on it. That's how delusional they were. That's how... how uh, blind, spiritually blind, they actually followed it. They said, let's get loud. And they get desperate. They get loud. Because if they can't get this fire started, they're in trouble. They won't be eating at Jezebel's table. She'll be feeding them to something else, you know, the lions or whatever else, right? She's got, they're desperate to get this going. And so they cut themselves to get Baal's attention and to show their dedication. I actually have an article from National Geographic showing the tribes in Africa that do, certain tribes in Africa do the same thing and other places in the world, not just Africa, but certain tribes, it's happening in the U.S. now, isn't it? But uh, these, these tribes would use cutting themselves to show their dedication to get the, the spirit's attention. And I have a whole article on this from an old National Geographic. But this is what the pagans once again do. They, they try desperately to earn God's attention, their God's attention, little G God. They try to get attention. They try to earn their favor and they try to show their dedication. But God had forbidden his holy people... He had forbidden the Israelites, which these were Israelites here. He had forbidden them from cutting themselves. Don't cut yourself. He said, the only, he said, more holes don't make you more holy. Don't cut yourself. The only thing should we be cutting out of our, uh, cutting out, don't cut your bodies. The only thing we should be cutting out, remember Joshua chapter 5, we should cut out sin. Cutting out sin, that's the only thing. So they, they try this, verse 29. Here we go, midday passed. And they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered and no one paid attention. So no one answers. They now have gone from, from 9 till 12 and now they go from 9 till 3. That's the time of the evening sacrifice. Wait till we get to that next couple of weeks. Woo, we're going to have some fun with that one. Uh, just wait. But they have had six hours of exhausting frenzy. Six hours of exhausting frenzy, but no one answered. Do you know why? Because no one was there. <laughs> right? There's no one there. It's like Linus and the Great Pumpkin. You know? He's waiting for the Great Pumpkin, waiting for the Great Pumpkin to come to the pumpkin patch and bring him this candy. And it never showed up. Just Snoopy. Ooh, remember? Snoopy showed up. That was it. There was, there was no Great Pumpkin. He didn't show up. 
There's no Baal. He didn't show up. He's not there. In fact, Psalm 115, Psalm 115, verse 4 to 8, talks about the the demonic deception of this. I'll read it to you. But their idols, but their idols are silver and gold, made by the hands of men. They have mouths, but they cannot speak. Eyes, but cannot see. Ears, but cannot hear. Noses, but they cannot smell. They have hands, but they cannot feel. Feet, but they cannot walk. Nor can they utter a sound with their throats. Those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. There's no one there. The idols, we talked about this, they're a demonic deception. They are powerless to help anyone. Anyone. All idols, all world religions, all cults, every New Age movement and new teaching of the New Age movement, which is all based on an old lie, Every one of them has this, is in the same place. There is no one there. No one's there. There is no one to help them in this life or the next life. I don't care what world religion it is, what cult, what new age, whatever it is, there's no one there. They cannot, look at Baal, they cannot burn up the sacrifice. They cannot burn up the sacrifice which was meant to pay for our sin. The sacrifice is there that is sacrificed and burnt up that shows that God has accepted the sacrifice for sin. No other religious system, none of them in the world, can pay for our sin or heal our sin disease. We are all born with this disease and we activated ourselves with our own sin. We're born with it, the potential for it, we activate it with our own sin. Not, not, there's not any other religious system out there that can do it. Not Baal, not anybody, any of the religions today, not one of them can heal, can burn up the sacrifice, can provide the fire, can burn it up, can deal with our sin problem, and not one single of them can answer a single prayer. They're begging. And he couldn't answer that prayer. They can't answer it. Let's connect some dots to today in our lives. The most important thing I want to say here is it matters who you pray to. It matters who we pray to. The Israelites never completely rejected Jehovah. Did you know that? They never really rejected Jehovah. They just added a little bit of this and a little bit of that. It's called syncretism. Syncretism. Add a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Jehovah and Baal and Eshtra and Moloch, and, and down the line. All, they just added them all together. They worship Jehovah and the rest of them. Any God will do you. Any God will do you. They worship them all. Just like, wow, what does that sound like? Just like the USA Today, right? Isn't that exactly what we're seeing? It doesn't matter who you pray to. We all pray to the same God, just different names. Everybody prays to the same person. doesn't matter what name you use. It, we're all praying to that same one. But Jesus shot that down in John 17, 3 when he said, he shot it down many times, but in John 17, 3 he said, now this is eternal life. They, they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. He says there's only one true God, and you've got to come through Jesus. That's, he shot that whole thing down. And Elijah's faith test also shot it down. The prayers to Baal were of no avail. Right? The prayers to Baal were of no avail. 
But we'll see later that the prayer to Jehovah brought down fire from heaven and burned up the sacrifice. It was powerful and effective. Think about it. Think about it. Based on the whole USA Today mantra. It doesn't matter what you call God. Think about it. If it doesn't matter, if it really doesn't matter what you call God, then the prayers to Baal should have been effective, right? I mean, the prayers to Jehovah were, but should have been, the prayers to Baal should have been effective, especially with 450 people praying it, instead of just one little guy praying to, to Jehovah. It, it, it should have been just as effective, right? And, and, but they weren't. They weren't, because you can't call the one true God by any other name than Jehovah God. That's his name. And it's the same today. If we pray to any other God than Jehovah, we are just praying to air. We're praying to the, the great pumpkin. We're praying to nothing. There is only one true God. His name is Jehovah. And there's only one way to reach him. One way. John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is one way to the one true God, and that's through his one and only Son, Jesus Christ. There is a huge spiritual lie today that we all worship the same God, and it doesn't matter how you get there. You could go through Jesus, you could go through Muhammad, you could go through Buddha. It doesn't matter how you get there. But, but that is a lie. No, as Christians, we, that's not even an option available to us. Acts 4.12 completely dis- torpedoes this demonic this demonic deception. Acts 4.12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. It has to be through Jesus. There is no other way. And, and Baal's wannabe sacrifice, that, that whole idea that there's many ways to God, it doesn't matter who you pray to, the Baal's wannabe sacrifice also di- di- disproved it. Because no fire came down. They prayed in the name of Baal. But nothing happened. No fire came down to consume it. The sacrifice was rejected. The sacrifice was rejected. And as we'll see, only Elijah's sacrifice was accepted. We're going to see that in a couple weeks. Only Elijah's sacrifice is accepted. And Elijah, once again, is a type of... Jesus Christ and his prophetic ministry, he's a type of Jesus. Only one sacrifice can satisfy the one true God. One sacrifice can satisfy the one true God, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but receive eternal life. The, God's one and only Son died for us. That's the only sacrifice God, the one true God, our Father, will accept is the sacrifice of his son. That's it. He died in our place. He took our punishment. He was our substitute. The fire that we deserved came upon him. He took God's wrath on himself. There's only one sacrifice. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? His death on the cross in your place that he proved was accepted because he rose from the dead. 
That was the proof that God accepted his sacrifice. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Every other God, every other method, you only, they try to earn God's favor. Every other, besides biblical Christianity, which isn't a religion, it's a relationship, every other religion tries to earn God's favor. Even the pagans, and, and all of them, they try to appease God. They try to manipulate God. But there's no fire. There's no power to forgive sin or to change our lives. That no, nothing else. It's only through Jesus Christ. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? And as Christians, do we fully realize the result of what Jesus Christ... Now, this is big. Do we realize the result of what Jesus did for us? Do we appreciate what it means for our lives? Do we appreciate that? When Get this. When people pray to any other God, little g, any other God other than the one true God, if they pray to any other God... And, and even to trying to get to the one true God any other way than through Jesus Christ. They could even try to get to Jehovah, but without going through Jesus, if any other way than Jesus Christ, there is no one there. No one hears them. There's no obligation to hear that prayer. But when we pray, after you put your faith in Jesus and give your life to Jesus Christ, when we pray, God hears us. He has the power to answer. He has the power to transform. Notice I say he, can, he knows whatever he's praying, but he's under no obligation to answer. That's what I mean by not hearing it, okay? He, he, but when we go through Jesus to the one true God, our God has the fire. Our God has the power to answer and to transform our lives. We have a fireproof promise. A fireproof promise. As we will see when Elijah prays and God sends down fire from heaven. That's the fireproof promise. How do we know God has answered our prayers? How do we know that God has accepted the sacrifice? The fire came down for Elijah. And later on we're going to see that Jesus was consumed. Died for our sin. We're going to see that in the next few weeks. But we have a fireproof promise that, that the one true God has answered by fire. And we have the promise from Jesus himself in John 15, 7. In John 15, 7, from Jesus himself when he says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. We have the promise from Jesus that God answers our prayers, that he hears us. He answers our prayers. But notice the key, or the key is to abide and to be in the word. That's very important. We have to be abiding close to God. Close to Jesus, that's what communion is all about, staying close. And if we stay close and we have the word, then he's going to answer our prayers. And, but if we're, not, if we're not there, then he's not because we're not going to be praying the way God wants us to pray. If we're in fellowship with him, we're going to pray according to what he wants. In fact, in 1 John five fourteen, it says this. This is really the safeguard. He says, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. That's the key. <laughs> we can't just say, God, won't you give me a Mercedes band? You can't just say that, right? You know, we can't just sing that song and poof, genie, right? No, no. It's got to be in the will. We got to be in God's will. We got to be praying according to his will. We got to be abiding in him. We have to have the word abiding in us. That's the key. But if, but if that's the case, we know God does hear us. But prayer in Jesus' name is powerful. And effective, unlike praying to Baal or any other god or any other whatever, 
spirit guide, whatever they pray to, whatever. When we pray to Jesus, it's powerful and effective, just like James 5 talks about. If you saw the movie, The Unplanned Movie, The Unplanned Movie is, is they're keeping it going. It's, it was number five in the country. It's, it's it really, really a, a, a powerful movie. But the woman who the movie is about, she ran the abortion clinic. She came to her senses. She now speaks out and tries to save babies after 22,000 babies killed. She's trying to save babies. It's a powerful story. But the, the thing I want to point out in this movie is that she said what really impacted the abortion clinic that she was in was people praying. They dreaded it whenever they saw the people out there praying. They had this quiet group that was out praying for the women and, and, and just praying for them. They dreaded it when they saw the people show up for prayer. Why? Because when people showed up to pray, it was a bad day in the abortion clinic. A bad day. People wouldn't show up. People would get up and run out. It, just, it would just really impact. She said, I can't remember the percentage, but it really impacted the, the day of, 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 of killing the babies. It was the prayer. And so often we think, ah, are my prayers doing any good? How many times have I prayed for this person or prayed outside this abortion clinic or, or prayed, for, prayed for the school or prayed, you, know, you name it. How many times have I prayed? We saw it times we, we, we get discouraged and we stop praying. But remember, uh, remember Joshua and Jericho. Remember Joshua and Jericho? They marched around the city six days in a row and nothing happened. Oh, yes, it did. Something did happen. They were faithful. They were obedient. God was doing something in them. He was preparing them for what came next. On the seventh day, the walls came crashing down. God's, they, God's invisible hand was preparing to knock the walls down the whole time. We pray outside of these clinics and there's babies being saved. We pray for our country, and God is moving. We're praying for that, that, that child of ours that's got the granite forehead, and God is doing something. God's working. God's invisible hand is working. God hears us and answers us. Baal fails the faith test, but God never lets us down. Here's the thing about prayer. God hears our prayers. And answers every prayer we pray according to his will. It could be yes, could be no, could be wait. But he answers according to his will. And, and the, the thing to remember with prayer is it's not rubbing the bottle and you know, getting the genie to come out and grant a wish. No, no, it's a relationship. God gives loving answers in a relationship. Loving answers, like parents with kids. You know, you're, you're dealing with the kids and they want something, you're wrestling, that's not good for you, this isn't the right time for you, you're only eight, you can't drive a car, you, know, you shouldn't be driving tractors in the fires, whatever, you know, burning tracks, whatever. You know, you're, you're parents, you have this interaction going on constantly, and that's what it's like prayer. We're, we're, we're talking to God, and he gives a loving answer based on his purpose and, and based on his plan for our life. And that's what communion is all about. Now we're getting ready to take communion. It's all about how we are now connected to the one true God through his son, Jesus Christ. And now we can talk to him anytime. We can commune anytime. We, he's, it's a communing. It's a connecting time. 
And that's why we take communion. Every, every month we take it. It's a reminder. It's a reminder that, we, that God wants this close communion relationship with us. It's a reminder what Jesus did for us on the cross to make that possible. That he died on the cross in our place so that we can have this relationship with his father. That the fire fell on him. That he was the substitute. And now, now God, because of this, it wasn't just a one-time, hey, we put our faith in Jesus thing, but, but he wants to live in a close relationship, a love relationship with us. That's what it's all about. And so as we take the bread, it's reminding us of the body of Jesus Christ. As we drink the cup, we're remembering the blood that Jesus gave for us. That's what we're remembering. And what we do is we just have some music playing. We have some songs. We have some music, a time of prayer. And whenever you're ready, you can come on up and take it. Uh, you can take it right up here. You can go back to your seat. You can take it with, with, by yourself. You can take it with your family or, or, or friend. There's no right or wrong way. The key is communing with God during this time. There's a couple reasons why you shouldn't take it. One is if you're not ready to put your faith in Jesus yet. You haven't taken that step. And once again, nobody's looking around. We don't take attendance. There's no videos. This is just between you and God. If you need to sit and pray through this time, that's okay. Wait for the next time. That's okay. There's no pressure. But, but the first thing is if you're not ready to put your faith in Jesus, then wait. The second thing is if there's something in our life that we're not willing to surrender to him. We're not willing to give up to him yet. And if we're not willing to give that up yet, then we should wait. But I hope that everyone here does put their faith in Christ. Even today could be that day. I hope everybody here does surrender. Whatever we need to surrender, we surrender it. Doesn't mean you've got to be perfect to take communion. No, 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 no. No, no. It just means we're willing to open our hands and say, God, forgive me. I put my faith in Jesus. That's all, that's all, that's all that God asks. Okay? Let's pray. As we go to this time of prayer, how is God speaking to us? Maybe here today you've never put your faith in Jesus yet. But this day can be that day. This could be the start of a, a new relationship with the one true God through his son Jesus Christ. And there's only one way to have that. But God wants you to have that. He wants us to have that so much that he gave his only son Jesus to die in our place. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you ever believed in Jesus? It's not an intellectual, it's a heart decision. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? You can do that right now. You can make sure of that right now. There's no ritual. There's no special thing. You got hoops you have to jump through. It's a simple prayer of faith. God, I put my faith in Jesus. I give my life to Jesus. I don't want that old life anymore, the sin and the garbage and the shame. I don't want it anymore. I repent of that. I turn away from that. I ask you to forgive me for all of that.
because I'm putting my faith in Jesus. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, he who believes has everlasting life. If you have put your faith in Jesus, you now have a brand new life starting this very second, and it's going to go out through all of eternity, on through all of eternity. You can now commune with God through Jesus every day, every minute, every second. Starting with this communion this morning, you can now commune. And if you have taken that step of faith, I want to encourage you to let somebody know. Maybe you're, maybe you're here with a, f- a friend or a family member. Maybe you want to tell me on the way out or fill out the card, stick it in the box. Let somebody know. So we can encourage you and be excited for you. For the rest of us, how is God speaking to us about this communion time. Do we realize the power that our prayers are powerful and effective? Maybe the Holy Spirit's reminding us today to keep on marching, keep on praying. God is hearing. God is answering. God is listening. God loves us. He's working in and through us throughout this time, through our prayers. Father, we pray that this communion time would be special in each one of our lives, that your Holy Spirit would fill us in a powerful and effective way. We pray this in Jesus' name.